Hello and welcome to the Pathfinders Collective podcast. In this episode, Alex Rahir interviews me to ask me about the Pathfinders Collective in more detail. He asked me what the purpose of the Pathfinders is, uh, what it means to be a Pathfinder and, and why we're doing any of this, really. Um, it's a really interesting conversation. I very much enjoyed having it. And big thanks to Alex for all his wonderful questions. We cover a lot of ground. We talk about different economic paradigms. We talk about climate change, sustainability, regeneration and so on. And I hope that it serves as a really good foundation for people who are intrigued to find out what it, what this is all about. This episode is is for you. It's it's here so that you can get a better understanding of the Pathfinders Collective and the collective mission that we're on to try and change the economy for good. So without saying any more, let's get stuck into it. Welcome to the latest episode of the Pathfinders Collective podcast. I hope you enjoy. Hey Alex. Hi Rob. Um, so you sent me some questions which were really thought-provoking and really useful, um, asking me more about the Pathfinder Collective, what it's all about, why we're doing this, what are we doing, and all those sorts of things. And I thought it'd be really good if we recorded it and just had a chat, and then we can share it with other people who might be asking similar things. Yeah, fantastic idea, Rob. So do you want to go for it? Do you want to launch into some yeah. questions? Yeah, all right. Let's let's get let's let's get started. Okay. So, one of the first questions I had actually that came across, um, even though it might sound quite obvious, but I thought it was important to sum it up, would be what is the purpose of Pathfinders? Right. So the purpose is, it's a big one. It's to change the economy for good. So what has fed into this whole thing is this idea that our economic model has got a fatal flaw in it. Like it's paradigmatically flawed. So our current economic model served us really well for a long time. You know, life expectancy has gone up, standard of living has gone up, loads of different things have have improved. Um, however, it's it's based on a completely different understanding of the world that we had like two, three hundred years ago, and then over the twentieth century, it's just grabbed onto this economic growth idea and and flown with it and and won't let go. So. The economy doesn't actually have a purpose other than to grow. Um, if you ask, you know, what is the economy for? Yeah. So the Pathfinders Collective is coming along and basically saying, right, this this whole thing doesn't work. Um, we need a new a new type of economy. We need one that, rather than being like this linear extractive model, um, where it sees the the environment just as this resource in this larger system, which is the economy, um, we need to flip that. So we need to flip it so that, in actual fact, it's the economy that becomes the subsystem of the environment because we're on a finite planet. There are limits to that planet in the sense that we have planetary boundaries, like the work of Johan Rockström and others have identified these nine planetary boundaries that we have to try and live within. Mm -hmm. And then within donor economics, um, Kate Rayworth's also said, well, we've got this social foundation as well, and we have to kind of live between these two things. Now, up until now, we've just been, you know, all guns blazing, just grow, 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 because we've we've not really understood our position in the world, our relationship to nature, um, our relationship to the planet. And over the last hundred years, it's become really, really clear just how embedded we are in, in nature and in natural systems, that we're a part of nature. We're not separate from it. 
And we therefore need a new way of seeing ourselves and each other, a new way of seeing and relating to the natural world, and a new way of doing business, um, a new type of economy. Because at the moment, this economy has got us just locked into a dead end. Um, evolutionary speaking, we are in big trouble if we just keep doing what we've always been doing. We keep up with business as usual. So the purpose, long-winded answer, sorry, the purpose of the Pathfinders Collective is to come together collectively, that's why it's a collective, and wow. to try, try new things out and to do things um, differently and to say that business as usual is no longer an option. So what are the options? Let's go and let's find out. Let's look into... Um, like yeah, the cutting edge of of business when it's looked at from this perspective, this planetary p- perspective, um, because whether or not you know whether we like it or not, um, like Greta Thunberg says, change is coming. Whether whether we're ready or not, yeah. um, and we just have to we've got to crack on and do something so that future generations, their economies, their businesses, they can learn stuff from what we're doing now. We can create some sort of legacy by trying things out testing things out and passing it on and hopefully finding things that work so yeah that's the purpose to do mm-hmm. things differently fantastic you you said something very interesting here you said like your first sentence was basically is to change the economy for good and my questions i have about that is mm-hmm. are we talking here about changing the philosophy of the economy meaning like changing what we use the system for are we talking about a change in the system meaning like can can a pathfinder succeed within the way the current system economic system is based meaning like you create a product a product Mm -hmm. or service basically to add value and that gives you a return in money on investment so can a pathfinder thrives in that so are we talking about the change of actual structure of the system or are we talking about the change of the philosophy of our economical system okay so i was chatting with someone the other day who had been in communication with noam chomsky and yeah and he said something that just made me go oh this is brilliant i love it and and what chomsky was saying it was to someone in extinction rebellion and he was saying we don't have the time to completely deconstruct the system and start again. Mm-hmm. We have to work with what's in front of us. So taking that kind of philosophy, it's this idea that we have this system, we have this capitalist structure in front of us, and it's fundamentally flawed, but it's there. So then we have to try and find bits of it that work, bits of it that we can subvert, bits of it that we can change. And really, it's about encouraging and catalyzing the evolution of the current system into something else. Um, how do we use the current system to help help it through the labor pains of giving birth to this next system that's coming? How do we encourage that to evolve and to develop? Um, one of the things that struck me about the, the whole situation to do with um, climate change and, and sustainable development was this notion that how do we how do we change the system how do we um do it and for the longest time there's been so many different efforts in terms of a lot of hair shirt environmentalism of like you know we've just got to live much much more lightly on the world which we do but it turns a lot of people off um and it's not necessarily going to shift the entire system i think all all good for people that can live completely off grid now um mm. and they'll probably still be there you know after 
whatever happens. Um, however, to get everybody there, or as many people as possible there, on the other side of climate change, we need as much participation and transformation as possible. And in order to do that, we've got to take everybody with us. Um, I think we have to wake everybody up, and that might annoy a lot of people, but then once they've become aware, we need to take them with us. So we need to in engender a system that actually rewards the kind of behaviours that we want to see in the world, right? That's how economies work, that there are... You know, a, a mechanism for for human activity and human behaviour in many ways. Um, our current model is totally flawed because it just sees us as these super rational, unemotional, you know, just number droids <laughs> that just operate out of self interest. And it's not true. It's not true at all. Um, so yeah, the question then becomes: How can we how can we make the greening of capitalism profitable so that we reward its evolution? Um, and that's a really interesting thing for as far as I'm concerned, looking at that. How do you how do you dangle certain carrots and sticks in order to um shift a system from one way of being to another? Excellent. Now speaking about pathfinders, like what is a pathfinder? Who is a pathfinder? Okay, so the the term pathfinder um actually comes from map making and um it basically a, a pathfinder is i'm going this is a quote so it's one who um discovers a way an explorer or pioneer one who explores untraversed regions to mark out a new route mm. and that that's exactly what we're doing together right so if we admit that business as usual is an evolutionary dead end, we then have no choice but to come off of our existing path and find new ways of doing things. So that could be, you know, creating new products, services, relationships, types of business model approaches. Um, it's about asking what kind of business is fit for future generations, because we know that the path that we're currently on is not. So then it's like, well, what, what, what is that path? What does it look like? How do we find it? Um, and it's about going out and exploring and, and trying to find it. So we're not looking to sustain. So this whole idea of sustainability, which is what I've spent a lot of time in, that kind of framing doesn't serve us as well as it possibly could. So we're not seeking to sustain what we've got. We're looking to transform, to heal, to restore, to find first principles for our activity on this planet principles in keeping with with planetary principles and that that's what regeneration is so the pathfinders collective is is definitely sat in this this area that's exploring what regeneration means and what a regenerative business is so to answer the question what is a pathfinder or who is a pathfinder a pathfinder is someone who's willing to to discover new ways of doing things, to explore, to be a pioneer, to try different things out, and to really lock on to a vision of the future that's positive and very different to to what we have now, and then kind of backcast from there to help us to to get there. Kind of like if you were out in you know uncharted territory, you go up onto a hill and you you observe below and you look to the horizon and you work out where you want to go and you fix that point in your mind and then you you go out and you start to create paths and there might be certain bits there that that work really well so you use them and then there might be other bits that don't exist yet in which case you've got to create them so yeah that's that's what a pathfinder is 
Okay. Sounds like a Pathfinder is also a visionary. That's yeah, definitely. Gonna, yeah, that it's going to bring his vision to the world. A leader. It's beautiful. Um, back to what you were saying, actually. You were talking about taking the greenest part of capitalism. I really like when you say that. Um, there's a movement, you might have heard of it. It's called Capitalism 24902. Um, it's, it's a movement who actually has uh, that, that purpose. It was led by Richard Branson. It's very interesting. You might, might be interested in having a look at it. Um, I'll, che I'll check it out. Thank you. Yeah, sure. How, so it's linked to you, to the previous answer. How does a pathfinder behaves in the business world specifically? Okay, so taking a leaf out of the Extinction Rebellion handbook, yeah. we, we welcome every part of everyone. And we're all completely different. And there's there's no one way. There's no one path. There's there's many. So there's no there's no silver bullets. There's no superhero endings. It's it's complex. It's messy. It's going to be different everywhere. Um, so how does a path, pathfinder behave in the world? There's no one way. Um, I'd say diversity is is key to resilience. Um, it's clear, you know, when we look at, at nature. Yeah, that diversity gives resilience, and nature also shows us how how diversity can can lead to great unity. Actually, like so, living systems are mutually reinforcing. They're full of collaboration, symbiosis, and interdependence. Because um, nature rewards cooperation, it, it, it banks on diversity. So I think that maybe the thing, the common principles everywhere for how pathfinders behave in the world would be would be kind of similar so diverse cooperative collaborative curious um driven passionate uh, and yeah full of courage so mm. i think maybe it's it's more about the the values and the principles at play and then that then leading to different types of behavior Actually, thinking about it, this is what you and Max bring to the table so much, right? Because like a big part of this is all about personal regeneration and starting off by looking at the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves and about the world around us um, and then examining them and being able to then see the links between your emotions, your thinking, your beliefs and your behaviour. And that if we want to change our behaviour... We have to change the way that we see our minds, we see ourselves, we see the world around us. We have to challenge those frames of reference and those habits of mind in order to make change in our behaviour. And mm. I think a lot of this, this this whole thing that we're doing here about, you know, Pathfinder, yes, it's about regenerative business, but it's also about this sort of like deep reflection as well on on the inner work. Um yeah, what do you think about that actually? Because you're the you're the guy to talk to about challenging beliefs and how beliefs affect behaviour. Yeah, that, that's a really good point you brought in, and I think yeah, like a, path, a pathfinder could be summarised to um, the set of values and beliefs and principles because that's really what makes the makeup of a person and also an organisation. So, I the the way I see it is that. For anything to change, it has to change internally first. And what do I mean by that? I mean simply that any external change we can see in the world on our personal life begins by a change in the inner game. And so many people believe that action is what's going to make 
you know, progress, change, manifestation possible. And unfortunately, this is not always the case because we know so many people who take a lot of actions. And even though they take a lot of actions, they work like three jobs, uh, three jobs a week, they do so much and they don't get the results they want. And the reason for that is, is their psychology, their belief system. And for some people, it's hard to hear because they're like, come on, like hard work, hard work, hard work. And I'm like, hard work is important. Don't take me wrong. But that's the last piece. That's the last piece of it. The first piece really believes by a change in what we believe about ourselves, in our capability, and what we believe about people, life, what the ecosystem is around us, etc. And when we bring that change in, because beliefs create emotion and emotion drives behavior. So when you go to the root, which is the beliefs, then you change the beliefs, you change the emotions, you change how you behave. And the best example I give to that to people who ask me, like, how does that apply to real life? I'm like, well, I'm sure you had a time in your life where, where you were completely frozen. Might have been talking to someone you found really attractive, might have been to a test at school. Might, there was a situation when you could barely talk and remember your name. Like, you, you knew these things. 10 minutes after, but in the moment you could not remember. And the reason for that is you were into an emotional state that literally got you frozen. What we don't realize enough is how many of these states, emotional states, are driving us every day, but they're not serving us. So the key is to really change the paradigm here and empower each of us to act from an empowering state. And then literally the world shifts around us, starting by our own personal life and then a bigger, bigger scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's, um, this speaks to this theory of change that says that you can't have social transformation without personal transformation because the two things are completely interlinked. Societies are made up of people um, yeah. and that all of this comes down to the way that we, that we think and also the way that we feel and the way that we see the world, the, the, the frames of reference that we use to interpret the world around us. And just as you can have uh, limiting beliefs about yourself, you can also have limiting beliefs about your culture, about your society, about the agency that you have in the world. Um, I see a lot of people online um, probably overwhelmed with the scale of the problem and then retreating into, oh, well, we're all doomed. There's nothing we can do. Um, I'm just one person. And it does get reinforced by like the way that society is so individualized and people don't necessarily know their neighbors. But, you know, COVID's kind of woken everyone up a bit about that and, and started to make us realize that we are a community, we are connected. And I, I think there's just as many limiting beliefs out there about this bigger picture world as there are internally. And I think the two are completely linked. If, if you go around your daily business saying, I can't make a difference, nothing's going to change, then what's going to happen? 100%. Right? You know, you're just yeah. going to see the world in that lens and that's what you're going to get. Um, and I think... I think a lot of work has gone into sounding the alarm and I think we've had to work really hard to do that in the face of oil and gas um, lobbying so hard and spending so much money trying to cause so much uncertainty and to really latch onto that and to kick that denial machine into overdrive. And then the, the doomsterism has kind of cut through that um, for a lot of people. Not everybody, it switches a lot of people off, but it's, it's certainly woken a lot of people up. But the point is to to then respond to the alarm. And the response, I think, has got to be 
positive. It's got to be something that this like like we were talking earlier. It's about that shift from looking at the problem to looking at the solutions, or being brave enough to to stare down the problem and the pain and the overwhelming nature of it all, to to hold that, acknowledge it, understand it, and then look to the future and carve out something different instead and then act on it and that's why earlier I mentioned like the importance of courage um, and there's a great quote that I found the other day um, that courage only comes about when we encourage each other that's what encouragement is we're mm. giving each other courage which is why I think this is something that we need to do together it's a collective thing um, and it's there's actually a paradox here which is quite interesting so when people say, oh, I can't do anything, I'm just one person, right? That there's a, there's a funny paradox in the sense that in order, like, yeah, you're right, actually. One person can't make a difference. You need a group. You need a, a collective um, effort to make the sorts of changes that we're talking about. But here's the paradox. You can't have collective action without individual action. You need the individual to choose to act with the collective in order to bring about that group activity. So the paradox is you can't act by yourself, but you can't act in a group until you have that individual shift, that individual choice to act. So inaction is the is the worst thing you can do. Um, the only way to push through any of this is to have the courage to act um, and to accept that you need to act with others. You can't do this by yourself. Um, you've got to do it with other people around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and something to, to add to that is that you were talking about focusing on the solution and not on the problem. Well, interestingly, you know, from experience, most people focus about 95% of their attention on the problem and 5% on the solution. It has actually, it needs to be the exact opposite. People mm -hmm. need to say, okay, that's 5% of the problem. 5% is, okay. My focus is there for 5% of the time. And then 95% goes on the solution. And the reason for this is literally where, fo like where focus goes, energy flows. So mm -hmm. when you start to put your focus on the solution, everything starts to happen because first you feel empowered. Because if we feel much more empowered as humans to feed on what we want, on that one, on what compared to when we focus on what we don't want. Now, you are also talking about limiting beliefs. And I wanted to say that for some people of the audience, or might be like, what is a limiting belief? You know, what what do they mean? Mm. Well, let, let let me just share quickly what what a belief is. A belief is is nothing big. Like it, it's just basically a feeling of certainty we have about something. And what what do I mean by that? I mean that, for example, um, if our spouse has gone to work today, we know they're coming back tonight. Okay, that's a belief. Now you say, yeah, but that's true. Some for some people today, their spouse won't come back home for many reasons. Uh, they might may, something might happen on the road. They might be stuck in traffic. Uh, they have to sleep to sleep somewhere else. They have something for business. They have family member, etc., or something even worse. Like so, our beliefs don't always reflect reality, but they drive us because we need to know that tonight, you know, we take the car, we're gonna go to work and back safely. It's not always true, but we need to believe it. So that's the belief we have hundreds, thousands of them for every single thing. We have beliefs about life, like what we, about people, about ourselves, which are probably the most important. And they can be empowering or disempowering. So 
we all have empowering beliefs and we all have disempowering beliefs. No matter who we are, we become, we always have some beliefs to adjust because life are so changes. So for example, some people used to have beliefs about the internet 20 years ago. Like there was nothing wrong with that. Now this belief needs to be different because the world has changed so much that right now, if you don't believe it's important to be connected and a bit techy, like that's going to be difficult. So now it's like, okay, well, how do you change it? Well, it's, there are very simple tools. We will, we will share along this, this beautiful quest. It's simply don't, don't make anything big of it. It's, it's something so easy that when you start to master it, you change every single side of, of your life, same, every single area. And now to apply it even more to become a pathfinder. A pathfinder is someone who has always a vision. And when you have a vision, we have to believe it's possible. And that's can be the biggest trend. For example, we hear climate change, we hear all these issues. And all of a sudden we say, oh God, I feel so disempowered because as like you said, I'm alone, where do I start? Well, you start with a vision that is bigger than what you believe you can accomplish. And we will go more in depth with that. But that's how you start because that's going to excite you and bring more resources within us than the vision we believe is possible. You know, if we believe we can make a little change on the carbon emission, great, nothing compelling in that. But if we believe like we can literally change the way we have transportation, we can change the way we use the CO2 in the atmosphere, we use, you know, we develop technologies to use it, etc. Then it becomes a lot more enjoyable and passionate. It doesn't mean it's easy. It means the drive, the energy, and the world, the paradigm, the inner paradigm starts to shift mm -hmm. then. Yeah. I was reading this thing the other day as well about um, essentially the responding to climate change in in such a way that you know we move beyond it um, is basically an invitation to reimagine civilization. Now that's huge. You're talking about like a vision that you <laughs> you can barely hold on to. That that's a huge vision. Um, but I, I think that's kind of where we're at um, because. Uh, it's we've got one system that's crumbling, another one that's yet to begin, and I think that all the problems that we've got at the moment, it, it reminds me of um, to get all geeky with you. There's a guy called Thomas Kuhn, and he wrote a book called The Structure of Scientific Understanding or something like that. I'm going to butcher it, but essentially, it's all about um, paradigm changes in science. So he's a historian of science, and he talks through. Um, yeah, how things how things change in science. How again, how people change what they believe to be true within a scientific model. So if we think about like um, pre-Copernican views of the world, the Earth is the center of the universe, and everything else revolves around it. And they had to come up with these really convoluted, complicated mechanisms of mapping the heavens for it to make any kind of sense. And it was totally. Um, just over-engineered and then Copernicus and Galileo come along and say well actually the the sun um, is the is the fixed point in our solar system and, and we as a planet are revolving around it all of a sudden you know physics just opens up and we can start making sense of the world in a much much better way um, and when they initially said this they were heretics right it went it went against the church but um, science doesn't care the natural you know the physical universe doesn't really care about our political leanings um it, it works in a certain way um and i think that we're going through a similar thing right now we are 
um, working within a, a paradigm that is over-engineered and complicated um, in, in many ways because it's we're trying to fix this problem with the same thinking that's caused it um, and that beyond the horizon is a, is a different paradigm that's that's emerging um, that will no doubt and from what I can see already is far more in keeping with the physical universe rather than our political assumptions about the world around us. So that's what gives me hope is the fact that um, paradigms do change, they do shift um, and eventually the evidence just becomes so overwhelming um, that the existing paradigm doesn't work that the new one um, takes over. It's like what Buckminster Fuller says, you don't just smash a system, you create a new one that renders the old one obsolete. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about paradigm for some for some of us listening it would be who could be like yeah but that paradigm you know will take a while to change might never change i, I always take the example of uh, when people used to believe the earth was flat which was a huge paradigm some still and, do alex some still do <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i saw that um and now uh, when they change that belief to the the earth was actually round all of a sudden the paradigm changed so dramatically and people started to travel explore areas we never mm. explored before and if people think like oh how could belief be so powerful when that is that powerful is all of a sudden literally people started to explore beyond what they even even knew possible so the same applies here and when we say what is a paradigm a paradigm is just a set of beliefs it's just like a paradigm is just something that holds many 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 beliefs about society people the culture everything together so it's a massive change in belief basically so now going, going back to pathfinders like where do you want the pathfinders that are gonna join us on this quest be about after the course where are you taking them Okay, so first off, it's not just a course, it's a community. So mm -hmm. this is a collective endeavour. A lot of, of, of the work that we're going to do is about collaborating, cooperating within that community, sharing ideas, making new connections, relationships. You know, people might find their future co-founder in there, or they might find like someone that they can work with as like an accountability partner, or they might find people in there that have got a similar interest to them and they start yeah working collaboratively um or you know trying to shape their their particular sector or industry through coordinated efforts and so on um but yeah there is a course in there as well um i suppose from having engaged with that course and with the people and the sessions with you, the sessions with Max, the guest speakers from academia and from industry, getting founders in, the case studies of like cutting edge regenerative business and so on. And yeah, this focus on the inner work as well as the outer work. Um, my hope is that, okay, so what people, what are they going to get out from that? What's the benefit at the end? that they're in a confident position where they can stare down the truth as of the world as we find it and have the courage and the inspiration and the support to actively participate in shaping it for the benefit of themselves and for future generations. Because um, I think in doing that, we, we turn eco-anxiety into action 
and we we move from a position of feeling kind of overwhelmed to inspired and full of agency um and that that actually makes us feel happier and i think our our emotions are are there for an evolutionary reason right they help us mm-hmm. so if we can move from a position of fear into a position of joy then we know that we're on the right track um and and to get into that position of joy i think so much of it is about having the courage and the support around you to have that courage to stare it down and to envision a different kind of future and different kind of life here in the present a more fulfilled life because you feel like you're working towards this this purpose that's larger than yourself huh. it's a really good point so really valid point um, so so often people will ask me how do you get like unshakable confidence and self-esteem like how do you do it and my answer is always the same like face your fears there's nothing that will give us more confidence and self-esteem that doing the things that frighten us the most because that makes us grow and as we grow we contribute mm-hmm. by doing so we we contribute not only to ourselves but also to the world around us now can i just add on to that like that's so cool. true um disclaimer like if you're going through some kind of trauma or you've got like some sort of deep psychological thing going on then definitely get professional help going through that but for the the rest of us um and for myself included what has surprised me the most in doing this kind of work is the fact that the fear of the thing is always worse than the thing itself and that if we run away from those negative emotions, it's actually more painful than sitting with them. Because when you sit with it and you lean into it and you feel it, it goes away. Like, <laughs> that's the most amazing thing for me. And I've, this has been a huge turning point in terms of my own um, mental health, and then particularly my mental health in relation to the sort of existential situation that we find ourselves in, like when you properly stare it down and that that feeling of overwhelm and the eco-anxiety, climate grief, whatever you want to call it, feeling all those things. When when you sit with it and you stare it down and you hold it, it's actually quite therapeutic and energising to come out the other side. It doesn't completely go away, but I mean, I've moved from a position where I realised that it's more painful to give up than it is to keep going. To to be overwhelmed and to be fearful is is just too painful. So I think we have to give up on this idea of giving up because it doesn't serve us. And then that leaves the only option is action. And it's through action that we actually feel better. Um, so the things that I've done as a response to that and when I feel that I am acting um, and doing, um, I feel great. And that's my my subconscious rewarding me, saying, yeah, you're on the right track, keep going. Um, and the, the biggest thing for me that's helped with that is community, is other people doing it together, having this shared understanding, this shared vision, this acceptance of each other accepting every part of of each of us as we are not as we want people to perceive us um, but just being real and and coming together and going yeah this is actually really scary but let's move through it let's look to the future let's process that and we're all here together we'll help each other through it and let's envision something far far greater than what we've got 
and commit ourselves to um, to bringing it about. Um, and I think as entrepreneurs, we're really well placed in this. So everybody plays a different part. There's no one solution. But what we're particularly talking about here in terms of the Pathfinder Collective is what do we do as, as business owners and entrepreneurs? What's our contribution? Um, and we're particularly well placed to to come up with new ideas, to create new things, new ways of operating, to try different things out. Entrepreneurs are innovators. They're always at the cutting edge. They're the sort of people that are just super curious, driven, passionate, um, Entrepreneurs are pathfinders. They're the people that you want to be sending out into the world to find new ways of doing things because that's what entrepreneurs do, right? So it makes perfect sense that there should be this group of entrepreneurs that are coming together and saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to work out new ways of doing this. We're going to try things out. We're not afraid to fail because we'll just get up and fail again, but fail better and just keep going until we find new ways that work. And then once we find new ways that work and they're profitable, people will copy us. Um, yeah. And then we're making a change. Absolutely, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. You you said something that is a golden nugget to me. Um, you said it's more painful to give up than to keep going. Yeah. And the reason I'm emphasizing on that is because that is a belief, and that's a belief that was uh, born out of raw pain. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a belief that I encourage every single person listening, and including myself. To really write this belief down, it's more painful to give them that than to keep going and read it a couple of times a day because it will start to become your own belief. And when these beliefs become true for you, you will never give up again. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's as powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and to, 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 to the entrepreneurs, like it's almost like becoming a social entrepreneur. I don't know if that's a thing. Mm. Or not. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. It, it, it does, it does sound like, yeah, it's like, it's like do good. It's like do good, have fun, and basically thrive. It's it's fantastic. Now the pathfinders, who will they become thanks to the course? Again, that's up to each of us. Um, but I hope, as a result of again, not just the course, but the whole community being a part of a collective effort, um, that we all feel that we've got the courage we need to create. A lasting legacy that that we can be proud of. Um, I suppose the mission here is well. Actually, take it back a step. Yeah. It's re it's really important to me that the the individuals in this collective and the collective itself get to choose and get to co-define and co-create. That it's not any one of us saying, "Okay, this is what it is." But I suppose what I'm trying to do is just set up the the playing field to say, "Come on." come over here this is these are the basic principles that we've got at play because we think there's something in it um come and 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 try things out with us um i'm really interested to see what people come up with where people come where they're coming from and where they're going with this and what they do with it because that for me is the magic um i've I spent a long time in education um and facilitating you know group discussions and so on and what I've always loved is to be able to go into a room with a question and a bunch of like stimulus materials so like information that people can read and engage with and then to just let that conversation go and when you're planning those sessions 
you know that you're going to have a good conversation, but you can't predict where it's going to go or what people are going to say or how it's going to make people feel. Um, you just have to go with it. You kind of set up the starting conditions and then let it play out. And then the magic happens because everybody brings something different to it. They read a text in a different way. They've got different past experiences and understandings of the world. And then when all those things blend together, you get this magic that happens. So I'm really keen that that's what happens inside this collective. But in terms of what are the starting conditions that, that prompt that, I would love it if people came to this with a willingness to to be a really good ancestor as a result of this, um, to be able to think about those future generations not as some abstract um, future situation, but as like your great-great-grandchildren doing their family tree and looking back and seeing this massive shift um, at a certain point during the 21st century in the in the fortunes of that particular family or they look back in and, and, and ask about, you know, what was happening over the 21st century? How come, you know, this happened, that happened and, and so on and so on? I suppose what I'm getting at is like is this encouragement to engage with this historical process um, and to step back from it and see that whether you like it or not, we are in the middle of a huge historic transformation and the point is to to join in and to play a part. No single one of us is going to um, carry this whole thing. Um, each and every one of us holds a little tiny piece of it. And we all do it together. Um, so like I said, there's no superhero ending. There's no silver bullet. In actual fact, I think um, regardless of what anybody does, we are probably going to see, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years of partial collapse before things get better because that's what happens when systems change. Old systems need to crumble in order for new ones to emerge. So whether we like it or not, there's going to be a certain amount of collapse and it's going to be hard. But then our job is to then to build new things in maybe in the fringes to begin with, but things that work so that they then become in the mainstream eventually i like to think of it in terms of um although it's kind of loaded with religion i don't mean it to but just from my own sort of like context i look around at cathedrals here in the uk and i know that those cathedrals took hundreds of years to build and that the people that participated in building them they just did it because they they could see that it was for this thing that was bigger than themselves that they were contributing towards it that they were playing a really important part in it um, likewise, there's this other great quote that says, you know, we're planting trees, the shade of which we may never get to sit in ourselves, because this is a, this is an intergenerational project. We have to push our egos aside and see that this is a larger historical process and that unless we get incredibly lucky and live, you know, like until we're like a hundred, um, or 150, we're not going to see the whole thing play out. But I think within our lifetimes, certainly within our children's lifetimes, they will see a huge transformation. Um, we might not get to see the, the entire thing, but we'll get to see enough of it so that by the time that we're really old, we can look back and go, wow, that was a huge, huge shift. It's, it sounds like it's being a pathfinder, but also a path founder. If you if you see what I mean, <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I, I have a question, just a follow-up question which just said. Um, it's a very important point and I've heard it many times from people and I've also felt it myself, to be honest, at times. And I'm curious to hear your spin on it. It's, you talked about the cathedrals who took hundreds of years. So meaning that people who were building it actually never saw the end product. And that is true for many cases in life. Some people will say to you, um, what's the point then? Because if I don't see it myself, if I don't benefit it myself, like I'm not motivated. And especially more now, because we live in a society of like almost immediate, immediate, like mm -hmm. instant reward. Uh, for example, Amazon, you click, it's here the next day. You know, like we mm -hmm. live into that really brushing, which is not bad. It's just the way it is. Now, what would you say to people who feel this way? The, again, I go back to this whole idea of um, it's more painful to give up than it is to keep going. And, and part of keep going is to enjoy the process. The, you don't necessarily have to have the ending right here, right now. The, in actual fact, it's through engaging with the process of changing that you can derive most fulfillment from it. So it actually feels good in the present to be part of something bigger than yourself. So it's the act of doing it. It's the the coming together with others, the envisioning of a different future. It's fun. It's rewarding. It's fulfilling. It makes you feel good in the here and now. Sure, the ultimate goal at the end of it, this, this final thing that you see, um, you might not get to experience in full, but your, your descendants will, you know, future generations will. And that's what this is about in many ways it's like we need to shift out of this this way of thinking that there is this this big thing that happens at the end and that's what it's all about there's a great alan watts quote where he talks about life as music and i think it's kind of relevant here as well and he's like if the whole point of your life is for this grand finale at the end then in musical terms, that means that every concert should just have an orchestra that comes out and goes, da da, and that's the end. That's it, finished. We've had this big climax at the end, job done. But that's not what it's about. It's it's about listening to the music and, and dancing to it and enjoying it and going with it and enjoying the process. It's not about the end, it's the process. So he his his critique was to say you know you go to you go to school you do these tests you get into this university you do these more tests you go and work at this insurance firm and you work your way up through the ladder and yada yada and it's coming it's coming finally one day it's all going to pay off and you're going to get this big thing but then you hit your middle age and this big thing it, it hasn't come and you keep waiting for this finale um but then you realize that it was music and the whole point was just to sing along or play with it or dance or enjoy it. So I think our whole mindset here needs to change from looking for some sort of outcome focus at the end to process focus and enjoyment and, and being present. Yeah, it, it sounds like life is about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, and if you're again to use the pathfinder analogy, if you're if you're on a journey and you're creating a new path, you know how exciting is that? You're doing something different. You're you're not just on the same old worn paths that we've always trodden, doing the same things we've always done, getting the same things we've always got. It's about having the courage to go. 
yeah, I'm going to totally get off this <laughs> off this path and find a different way of going. And that's scary for a lot of people. I mean, I just think about like, I spent a long time as a salaried individual, right? And getting off of that path is, is hard enough. Um, to then get on um, another path where you're actually going, well, a lot of the things that we take for granted and we think that are, you know, right and normal, they're not going to work in the future. So we have to like completely create new new ways of being in the world, new products, new services, new businesses, new business models, new ways of doing things. Um, it's a huge, huge task. But it's also really fun and exciting and empowering because as soon as you start doing it, you're you're part of the change. Um, and by doing it with other people, you become part of a community of change. Um, and to go back to that theory of change, of you know you can't have social transformation without personal transformation that's what this is all about it's how it all links it's like these nested systems of your own thinking feeling and behavior and then social thinking feeling and behavior um and and change well thank you rob for your for your time today (laughs) yeah thank you for answering all these questions thank you for all your inputs your hard work and your determination towards this future that we are going to create together well thank you and i'm really looking forward to your sessions i know we've got one coming up soon and i can't wait for everyone to to meet you um in the collective and to um yeah be a part of this journey so if anyone's listening and they think oh, okay this sounds kind of interesting go to thepathfinders.co that's our website you can join the waitlist um for the cohort that will be starting up in december we're currently um, we've got a closed group at the moment um, as we build everything up and we test everything out, which is really cool. Um, and then yeah, we'll be opening um, our doors in December and then in January having a, a much bigger um, sort of influx of people um, once we've kind of got our core structures together because we're building community. We're having to do it step by step. We can't just overwhelm it. We've got to do it organically and build it up. But if you are interested, go to thepathfinders.co or follow us on Instagram at thepathfindersco um, where you can find out loads more about what we're doing and how to get involved. So cool, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers then.